Good morning. Please have a seat. Oh, faithful God. <laughs> um, as I was reflecting on, on this prayer time this morning, I was thinking back to a few weeks ago when we were looking at, I was studying the um, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and what he was saying, and reflecting on what he was saying about prayer, and he was um, speaking out against the hypocrites who would stand in the synagogues um, praying to be seen by others and that their heart attitude was not the right place to be praying. They were not praying to God, they were praying for themselves. And he speaks about going um, into a quiet place, shutting the door and speaking to the Father, praying to the Father. So while we're not in a quiet place right here, we can't go and shut the door, I just invite you to come now and um, still make your head the quiet place. Still all those voices that are chattering this morning perhaps about other things. Shut the door on that um, space and just come quietly before the Father with me. So let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, you are a good God. You are faithful. And just your love for us does go so high and go so deep and so wide. And so we come before you, Lord, our Father, our Heavenly Father, who is God, just to welcome you in to still all those voices, those things that um, batter away at our lives and just come quietly before you. Lord, thank you for all that you give us. Thank you for your deep love. Thank you for your enabling, for your provision. You give us so much, Lord, and we just thank you. We give you the glory for all those things. Um, life is not always easy. And it's sometimes hard to see your blessings. But, Lord, they are there because your goodness is there and you're faithfully walking with us. And so, Lord, we just come before you now to, to still our minds and to reflect on our lives and to think about those things that are blocking us from you. So we come now, Lord, just in confession. I'm just going to be quiet for a while um, so that we can just bring those things before you, those things that are being a barrier to our relationship with you. We just pray that we can set them aside and lay them before you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you forgive us, that you take all those things that we do that are not godly, you take them from us and that we can live in the freedom of moving forward, moving on from those, not with um, burdened by guilt, but just to move forward. And so, Lord, I ask that you can, or that we can take your blessings, the love that you give us, and outwork that in our lives, that we just don't take that for ourselves, but we can go to our neighbours, we can go to our world, we can go to our colleagues, our family, and spread your love. And, Lord, I pray that you show us each individually how to do that how to speak to our neighbour, how to teach our kids of your love, how to talk to our colleagues about your great love for us and what it means to us and what it can mean for them. May we go out into the world, Lord, speaking um, your word, spreading your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Monica. I don't know about you, but do you feel just... Lift it up after that prayer. Beautiful prayer. Thank you for the gift that you give us, Monica, and a wonderful uh, reminder of what a gift it is to come together uh, as, his, as his family. Uh, and we can bless and speak over one another, other's lives. It's, it's amazing. Uh, it's my great privilege to introduce uh, Pastor Hans Vortman, who's going to come and share with us. Uh, we've got a two-part thing today, as Dan's already uh, mentioned. But I just want to pray for, for Hans as he drops his computer and comes up to speak. <laughs> Do you have enough power? Maybe we'll pray for the Spirit's power over your computer to, to last the distance. Lord, we thank you for, for Hans. Lord, we thank you for his availability, for his, his love for you and his love in sharing your word. Lord, we just pray now that our minds and our hearts will be open to your word speaking over us. Uh, so empower Hans uh, to speak and may we listen and uh, be changed through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
Good morning. morning. Privileged to be in your church again. Just let me get my uh, my cheat notes up. Actually, uh, you know, it's funny dropping my computer, and I realised when I got it was getting ready to come up. I checked my battery charge was pretty low. Might be prophetic word. You prefer is your battery charge a bit low? You know, but we because I was sitting there thinking while I was charging it just then. Um, it seems okay, but we live we live pretty close to the wire sometimes, and it doesn't take a lot before suddenly we realise we haven't got the resource there that's been built up for uh, the time of challenge that's might be upon us. And so, you know, this morning I really want to talk this morning with you and uh, I think we've got no transparency, or not transparency, that's really throwback, (laughs) PowerPoint. Do I have to click it? Here we go. So I want to share with you around life and the spirit. A couple of years ago I had a camp with you. I don't know how many of you were at that camp, but um, I really enjoyed the time. And we explored this theme. And uh, in talking to um, your team here, I think they really long for that to be the ongoing life of the church, that you would be in step with the Spirit, which is what the first verse is up there. Um, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And what I so much want for you this morning is for you to live in sync with Holy Spirit. And for you as a church to be empowered at a level that you uh, perhaps haven't experienced before or maybe you have but the battery's gone a bit flat and it's pretty close to, uh, you know, I was looking at my battery before and I said it was 20 something percent. So it might last. Uh, We've got the backup here. so But it's not the way we should live in the it might last sort of stakes, you know. We should be full of the Holy Spirit. We should have more than enough resource for the circumstances of life. And I'm just so conscious that many of us live our lives very close to the wire. And and God says, there's so much more. Come on, open up. There's his life in the Spirit for us. And we come from all sorts of different social and, and, uh, and cultural backgrounds that put reserves upon us when it comes to the issues of the Spirit. Uh, Some of us find it uh, difficult to even pray loud, uh, to to sing even. Uh, Masks for some have become a saviour because no one knows what's happening behind the mask. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's true that many of us find it a challenge to just be free in the Spirit. And, uh, you know, tonight, particularly in the workshop environment, uh, we're going to explore that a little bit on just how to loosen ourselves up in a life in the Spirit and how God could speak through us. And I want to demythologize that a little bit for you because I think for many of us, we conjure up this mindset that somehow life in the Spirit means I've got to be uh, sort of extreme in my personality and character. Uh, you know, God wants to enrich your life. This should be the most normative step for us to be walking in sync with the Holy Spirit. And that's why Paul said it, uh, keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Be in tune with him. And my encouragement this morning for many of you here is uh, can we open up afresh to the life and the Spirit and find what it is to keep in step with him. In John chapter uh, 16, it actually says there that uh, the wording used for the Holy Spirit is a comforter. And uh, many of you got, I saw a lot of the kids out the front here this morning, and they know what it is to have a comforter, <laughs> to have something to hang on to in uh, times of desperation that just gives them a poise and a steadiness through the circumstances of anxiety and world and life that they go through. But, you know, it was intended to be that way for us with the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter. 
He's the one we can hang on to. He's the one we can just find the support of in times of crisis. There is, some of you who've had a psych background may have remember this experiment that was done by a guy called Harlow back in the 1950s with, with monkeys. And, and the monkey was faced with uh, this caged mother, um, one with a fleece on it and the other one with the, with the milk on it. And it would hang on to the mother with the fleece and reach across to the monkey with the milk, but its home base was the fleece. It needed the comfort. It needed that sense of, of just intimacy and, and warmth. And, of course, you might remember those horrendous scenes from Eastern Europe when the communists... Uh, um, when the Iron Curtain came down and they found all these... Um, um, what do you call them? Um, places where little kids are. Orphanages with all these children in it that had been deprived of human contact and how their whole uh, development had been delayed because human touch is so important to the human condition. And this experiment here showed something of that, uh, displayed the need for us to feel uh, intimacy. And that's the way God intended it with himself. It's the most normal and natural thing for us to have the comforter in our lives and world. And it's not just something that you grow out of when you get a bit more mature like children do. This is actually part of the journey of life that we're intended to live in sync and in harmony with him. God's original plan uh, was that we, would be, we were made up of body, soul and spirit. And I've put the illustration there of, of gears, of like, like gears of a bike or a car. They were intended to flow together and be in sync with each other. And they were to give drive to each other. And so our, our, our soul and our spirit were entwined in, our, in this body and they function as an integrated whole. But when the fall came and when sin came, they created this cleavage, if you like, this separation between man's soul and his spirit. And instead of uh, functioning in an integrated whole, the spirit, in a sense, atrophied. And the comforter, his presence, became removed. And we became soul-driven personalities and characters. Uh, the soul is the, the mind, the will, the emotions, the ego itself. And we are good at performing and doing things in our own strength. But the spirit was the God-conscious part of us. It's the sensitive part. It's the, it's the part which is often called the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's where God dwells. And when you become a Christian and you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes within you. And that spirit is made alive and starts to engage again. And instead of being off here, off to the side, atrophied and shriveled up, it now becomes awakened and draw, and comes into one with us. And we get this drive and energy that comes into our lives. It's not from us, but it's from God. And it's the way God always intended it to be, that we would function in an integrated way, uh, soul and spirit. And it's often called the inner person, the inner us. One of the joys of a church like this it can, is that it can introduce to people that capacity of doing life, not just in your own strength, but in sync with the Holy Spirit, that there is a whole other way of living. Now, we're indoctrinated and we're brought up in a culture that educates us to do things, everything in the power of the soul, our own mind and our own will and our own emotions, our own ego. And, uh, you know, this morning... Our Holy Spirit is here to say there's another way to live your life, not to negate the, the will, the mind, the emotions, ourselves, but to integrate it with himself and his presence and power in a way that these gears come together and we start to get the drive and the energy for our lives flows not from ourselves and our own strength, but flows from his strength in us. And this is the most amazing way to live. And something that I find a daily thrill to explore. What life in the spirit can actually look like. And you know, when people sometimes say, oh, the Christian life's a bit boring. 
I think, well, you're out of sync. <laughs> There's something that's disengaged because the nature of the Holy Spirit is he wants to take you on a wonderful journey that comforts you and strengthens you and enables you and takes you beyond what you could ever do life in your own strength and to break that curse of independence and to bring us back into the way God intended us to be since the beginning as a, as a functioning spiritual being that is the most natural thing that we can ever be. You know, sometimes we think that to be uh, spiritually minded is somehow to make you weird and out of touch with this world. And it's actually, no, it's, it's actually the way you come in touch with your world. It's what allows you to see things clearly. It's what brings about in your life a, a sense of consequence that comes from his presence and power in your life. My heart for you this morning is that you would experience God for yourself afresh. I love giving words to people, and I just want to pause for a second and give a couple of words to some people. And, and at the end of the service, I, I want to point out some others of you here. And, uh, and if you feel free to, and don't feel any compulsion, but feel happy to see me at the end of the service, I'd love to, I'd love to share them with you. And likewise tonight, to give a bit more time to actually minister words into people's lives. Because I, I'm so convinced Holy Spirit is here with us this morning. It's been my joy this last year or two to function as a, as a pastor in our movement and to be a state pastor. And I've been to scores of churches and I've given heaps of words to people. And it just blows me away that God would use me to speak into someone else's heart and life. And they often come up to their pastor afterwards and say, did you fill him in on what I said on my life? And, you know, I know it's just Holy Spirit because I... I <laughs> I haven't got it. And so I, what I do is I give in faith each time that God would just speak and use the words that I share in a way that would, would be personally impacting to your, to your life and situation. Sometimes that doesn't mean that, that I'm not infallible. Now, I'm just a human being like you striving to use the gifts that God's given him. And uh, for some of you, the challenge is what it is for me every time, just to step out and start to use it. Um, but having said that, sometimes it may not be right and, and you need to just, and I submit it to you, and you need to just take the words that I give and, and be prepared to lay them even aside if they're wrong. Or alternatively, they may be not for just right now, but they'll become clearer you know, down the track. And that's why I love giving scriptures to people because as you give verses of scripture, they often gain their their full richness in our lives as we reflect on them. And it sometimes takes some time and we look back on them afterwards and we go, oh, wow, that's, that's right. That's what it was about. So you might be sitting here this morning and thinking, gee, that was a word for me. Well, take it on board. Go up to the person and say, can I have a copy of those scriptures? Because they may have been for you and should be for you, as all the word of God is for us. Now, who's my scribe this morning? Someone was going to be Carol. Very good, Carol. Thank you. I can see you behind your mask. <laughs> can I give a word to um, uh, our is it the drummer? What was your name? A Andrew. While you were drumming away there this morning, I felt God was saying some things that I trust can just be an encouragement to you. Now, I've got a book here with all scriptures that I write down for people, and, and I don't know exactly who they're going to be for until often I'm in a place like this. And I just feel these words are for you this morning. And uh, for God to just encourage you... Um, Let me, let me put it this way. Let me write it. I'm just written it down here while I was just talking this morning. But Andrew, don't, don't bottle things up too much. In the life of the Spirit, one of the challenges for us is to actually open up. Um, you know, so, so many times we have an attitude that takes us to church or to other situations where we want to be topped up. And that's good. We can come here this morning. I hope many of you are topped up. But the greater challenge is actually to open up. 
because there's a treasure within you, Andrew, uh, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of you, it says in Scripture. There's, a, there's an amazing depth in God, and what I see in you, Andrew, is there's just such a heart for God, and there's a, there's a, a, a deep desire um, for him, but I just feel like God would say sometimes you, you quench by your own personality and nature what God would want to release. And I just feel like God wants to encourage you this morning that where he takes you, you don't have to be fearful of. You don't have to be anxious. But that release is a very important thing. And I just want to share some words that I pray might give you a sense of refreshment and release and enlarge the boundaries of your spiritual life and walk. Because the sincerity is limited at the moment to the capacity that you've allowed it to operate in. But that's as you open up more, that sincerity of heart, that pursuit of God is going to allow greater vistas to open up in his spirit. Uh, now, Andrew, let me just share some words with you. In Romans 8.23, it says that the spirit groans within us with sighs too deep for words, groanings from within. And I, I think God's, God's felt and knows the groanings that have often been there in your heart, but they haven't known how to express themselves and I feel like God would say to you this morning, Romans 8.26, it goes on to say uh, that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we don't know how to pray as we ought, His Spirit can intercede for us. And I just want to encourage you to, there is so, such a, a reservoir of um, compassion in your world and life that God wants to tap into and release because it's been, in a sense, bottled up. And I feel like God wants to en enlarge that, uh, Andrew, in you. In 1 Peter 5.10, it says, And he himself will restore you and will make you strong and firm and steadfast. And I just feel like there's a restoration or an enlargement, a release that's there for you and to not be fearful or anxious about it. And Psalm 92, verse 10, it says, That he will anoint you with fresh oil. And you know that that word is is uh, is as con the context of that is uh, making old leather supple. <laughs> you know, when you rub oil into a bowl bit of leather, it can gain its pliability. And sometimes we allow ourselves to become rigid and too firm. And God wants to anoint us with fresh oil to make us malleable and open to His Spirit. Um. In Colossians 1 and verse 11, it says, May you be strengthened with all power. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, it says that when you're weak, that's a great opportunity for his strength. And finally, just one last verse for you. In 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 8, it says, And he will keep you strong until the end. So I just want to encourage you, Andrew, you know, and this is a word for all of you. Why do we confine God to this much when there's this much? Why do we allow God to operate within that which is our, our cultural milieu or our own life experience and, and, and our own personality and character when God would want to just open that up and say there's a lot more, so much more you can experience? Does that connect with you at all? Can I pray for you, Andrew? Father, Lord, let this man just come into greater openness in his own spiritual walk. Not that he isn't, because, Lord, I see that you're talking this morning to him about the sincerity of his heart and just his hunger for you. But, Lord, sometimes we try so hard to, to fit you into our container when, Lord, we need to open up our lives to you so, Lord, that uh, we can be filled even more. So, Lord, let that be Andrew's part, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe a word just for you too. Was it Ben who was leading the service this morning? Ben? Dan? Sorry, Dan. Um, it's not, an un, un, uh, not a dissimilar word, but I just feel like sometimes uh, we want, want more, but we've got to create space for more. And, you know, there may be a challenge for you to actually let go of a few things that have filled your world and life 
so that there's actually a space for God to fill. Because we often say, God, fill us. And he says, yeah, but there's no room. <laughs> and I just feel like God would want to challenge you just in the things that, that, that involve your time, that involve your focus. Not that they're bad things. But sometimes we ask for God to just expand us. But he says, no, but I won't because you can't actually cope with more. It's just you need to unclutter a few things because, you know, we can ask for more and more and more. And God would expand us, but only at a rate that we can cope with, you know. And and sometimes he says, look, there's enough there room now if you just get a few things out. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I just, um, I'm, this is not a condemnatory thing. It's it's actually just a thing of of reorganizing and reprocessing and reprioritizing. Um, Psalm 81 verse 10, it says, Open wide your mouth and he will fill it. So, you know, let there be a fresh infilling of your world and life. In Haggai chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, And he will fill your house with with joy, I just feel and glory, and I just feel like there's a t- space for for more that's going to happen. Um, in Acts chapter two, verse twenty-eight says, "You have made known to me the paths of life, and you fill me with joy in your presence." So you know, there's a hunger in you, uh, Dan, for more, and I just want to encourage you that God would fill you with 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 that sense of His presence and joy. In Romans fifteen thirteen, it says, "And the God of hope fill you with joy." Um, in Ephesians five eighteen, it says, "Be filled with the Spirit." So you know, there's this sense of of the joy of the Lord being your strength and His presence and power filling you afresh. And it's not again a bit like the word for Anna. It's not that what you've had is 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 not there to. Um, has been inadequate. It's just that there's so much more. And, you know, just open up. Create space for God. Um, Ephesians 6.18, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So in every context of your world and life, open up the life of the Spirit, Dan. Does that connect with you? Let it be for Dan, Lord. I just pray for him as well. He's a good guy and you love him so much. And, Lord, I just pray for that comforter to come into every circumstance of his life. Enrich it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, as I shared before, you know, we live in a world that's so intellectually uh, focused. And how, how good is it that we can have education? Um, but we've placed all our hope in that uh, as a culture. You know, if some of you are probably teachers here this morning, and, and I speak to many of the teachers that I know, and they feel the pressure of expectation upon them, because they're supposed to solve every world, every every problem that's in the child's life. It's much more than you know. We we'll educate to solve the problems, and it never can be met with just feeding the soul. Life needs to be challenged. By feeding the spirit. And that's what a church is for. That's what a community of faith is for. That's what you can bring into people's hearts and lives. Is an experience that goes beyond the intellectual. Beyond just that which is comprehended with the, with the mind. It says it in John chapter six, four, rather, in verse 24. Now God is sheer spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit. And in truth, or do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves. My encouragement to you is very simple this morning. Open up to the Spirit of God. Open up to more of Him. And it's my call to me on a daily basis because I haven't reached the fullness of all that there is. There is so, so much more. The disciples... uh, (laughs) We're challenged by Jesus about uh, what their life was going to be like. 
And uh, he te- starts telling them about the Holy Spirit. They didn't really fully comprehend it. They only understood Jesus in his reality and himself. And he says these words, The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. Get that word, in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But on that day, you'll realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. He's starting to explain to them that their hope shouldn't be in the physicality of Jesus with them, but in the spiritual reality of his presence with them forever, wherever they went. We often say and think, oh, Jesus, if you were just here with us, it would be so good. If Jesus could just rock up, well, we might be overwhelmed, actually. But just for the disciples, it was their dream come true. Their Messiah had come. He was there with them physically, and they followed him around and walked with him. They saw the miracles. They saw things happen, and they were stoked that finally that which had been prophesied for the ages had come true in their generation. Jesus was with them, God in the flesh. Jesus is trying to get across to them something that was they didn't fully comprehend at the start. And that was that as much as it was wonderful to have Jesus with them, Jesus actually lessened his capacity by coming in human form. What do I mean by that? In human form, he could only be like you and I, in one place at one time. He'd always been everywhere. He was the Holy Spirit. He had been able to just move independent to his own physical identity. But it says, Paul said it, he humbled himself, Jesus, and took upon himself the form of a servant. He reduced his divinity down to something of physicality that allowed him to be in one place at one time. And far from from it being great that Jesus was with them, which it was, it actually was limiting. And Jesus is trying to teach his disciples now that he actually has to go so that he can come back. Not in human form, but in a spiritual form. They didn't get it for a start. But he goes on to explain it later in that chapter. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. You heard me say I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. That the Holy Spirit, the advocate, would teach them all things and remind them of everything. They still didn't really get it. said, Jesus, you can't leave us. A couple of chapters later in John's Gospel, he explains it more fully. He says, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is good for you that I go away. Good for you? Good for us? Jesus, we need you. They're trying to hang on to him. Because if I do not go away... He says the comforter, meaning counsellor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby. They're all the words that are entwined in that original context of that scripture. He will not come to you, but if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. I didn't really understand. I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate, someone who defends you and stands with you. That's what it means, to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. I'll not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. They didn't really fully understand. And we don't fully understand what it means but Jesus is saying I'm not going to leave you as an orphan I'm not going to split on you I'm not going to cut out on you in fact I'm going to the father so that I can come back in my spiritual full nature as Holy Spirit and I'll no longer be with you but I'll actually be in you that treasure that I was talking to you about Andrew is in every one of us the amazing sense of the presence and power of God that is here with us this morning 
Open up to it. And the disciples struggled with this idea. They, they, they couldn't really work out what on earth Jesus was saying. But he told them that they, let me just finish with this a little bit. But then when the, when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and will guide you into all the truth there is. And he will honour me and he will take from me and deliver it to you. This is a whole new way of thinking for the disciples as it is for us. That the Holy Spirit can just lead and guide us into all the truth. That he can take us by the hand. And if we'll keep in step with him, he can guide us. And so Jesus told his disciples, and I love the little word that he uses, tarry in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. The church that I grew up in, which was Sturt Street, where some of you have been and come from, in, in Adelaide, where the CRC had its beginnings and roots, they used to have a room up at the back of the church. Uh, they called it, fittingly, the upper room. And it was a room where people would go after the church service had finished and they would just hunger and thirst for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And uh, that was really what they often used to call tarry meetings. Or they'd, people would go into their prayer, prayer closet or that place where they could press into God. Uh, the upside of that was that there was such a hunger and a tenacity of believing that many would not leave until they had received power from on high. For the disciples in the early church, they spent 10 days waiting in that room for the power to come from on high. Many of us would struggle with 10 minutes, let alone 10 hours or 10 days. 10 days, a long time. But they waited and waited because they knew the importance of the presence of Jesus. And he had said, wait until I come to you and I'll be no longer be with you, but I'll come in you. They didn't know what it was going to be about or what it would look like. We now know because we, the day of Pentecost tells us the story of how the disciples were endued with power from on high and with amazing signs and wonders, including tongues of fire on their heads. They began to speak in heavenly languages as the Holy Spirit filled them and God's presence was no longer with them but was now in them and they were overwhelmed. And they started to transform and change the world. Amazingly. They didn't do it just in little steps. Suddenly taking a guy, even a guy like Peter, who a few um, a month or so before had been rejecting Jesus, now he becomes the, the voice piece of the church and one of the great oracles that starts to speak com with confidence to thousands of people and scores of people came to Christ through his preaching. And could that happen to you? Could that happen to me? You bet it can. And it's what God intended his church to be empowered by, not by the power of self and just intellectual thinking, however good that might be, but that our soul and spirit could be engaged together and we could get drive from his spirit. And so in those tarry meetings, the upside was people just pressed into God. The downside was that sometimes we tried to press God into people. You know, there was... There was this gathering of people and they tried to shake the Holy Spirit into people. It's going to happen. Here it is, you know. And there was all this emotional pressure and build-up that was there that was negative. But for the negatives that are there, there were a lot of positives too. The reality is right here this morning, His Holy Spirit is here to fill you. And I mentioned to you earlier, this is a natural spirituality we're talking about it flows in keeping with us and our nature it does want to expand and change us in even the words that I've already given to some people this morning because he's not interested in just leaving you where you are he wants to take you on a journey an adventure that makes you a more uh, effective person and that's the journey of life and that should be better tomorrow than it was yesterday and this time next year we should come together and wow, the change has happened in the church because we've had life in the Spirit and he's taken us on, on this amazing exploration of, 
of who we can be and should be. That's why my Christian faith and my life, I hope, is more enriched tomorrow than it will be today. And why it's not boring. <laughs> it's interesting, very interesting life, this life in the Spirit, because God is helping me become a better person and I'm helping me to become the person he has in mind. Tarry. Wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Can I encourage you this morning? You need that power from on high. I need it. This church needs it. We need it. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. My heart to you simply this morning is this. Be connected to God because there's a massive difference between theory and experience. We can know all about God. We can intellectualize the gospel. We can frame it in all sorts of profound thoughts and theology. And that's good. I'm not saying our minds should be dismissed. It needs to be integrated with the spirit. And suddenly we see things in a way that we could never see it in ourselves. I want to encourage you this morning towards a radical Holy Ghost encounter for yourself. For me, my infilling of the Holy Spirit happened as a young guy. I was only 11 years old. It actually happened by myself. My parents at that time were caring for a lady who had um, severe problems in her life and she lived with us in our family for six months I'm very grateful that I had a family that I grew up in where the Christian faith was lived. And my parents had a radical change and transformation to their lives when I was about eight years old. They came into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and turned their world upside down and that of their friends. And their house became a place where many would come and be impacted by the presence and power of God. So I always saw that as a young boy growing up. At this particular time, there was this lady who was severe epileptic, was one of her conditions. She would have fits almost continuously on and off through the day, like 20, 30 fits a day, just horrendous. And I mean, I can still picture that as a young boy seeing her and the anguish of my heart for her. We had a a nurse, a Christian nurse that was living with us to care for this lady at that time as well. And my mum and and, uh, dad and, and this lady... Uh, with prayer and support and nurture, brought her through to full health again. It was fantastic. She had a young little boy who was severely malnourished, two-year-old, and he still hadn't even walked or, you know, was just had been deprived. He was an example, actually, of what I said, that picture of not having love and tactile touch. And he started to respond to just the love that was suddenly around him. In that environment... We used to have to sort of sit with her in the early days, someone with her almost the whole time. And mum and dad were having lunch and the nurse, and they said, could you just sit with him? If anything happens, yell, yell out and we'll come straight away. So I was sitting there and she had a fit. And I remember just feeling overwhelmed for her. I, I yelled out to my parents. They came in. I rushed into the lounge room. I, I, I just sunk down on my hands and knees and started to pray for her. And before I knew it, I was praying to God in a heavenly language. I was filled with the Spirit as a young boy by myself. My mum came up to me afterwards uh, as I was happening, and she said, yeah, you've just been filled with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's never left me. That's not to say there weren't moments through my teenage years where I went through what every teenager does with lots of questions and, and you know, reactions. And, but, you know, through it all, the Holy Spirit has been my best friend and he's sustained me. It was a radical, in a sense, 11-year-old boy experience. But it was an infilling that was the reality and the outworking of what the day of Pentecost had been for the disciples. Where Jesus wasn't out there, Jesus was now in here. I was a Christian. I was born of the Spirit. I remember coming to Christ when I was 
I actually had a, my earliest recollection of Jesus in my world and life was at a Billy Graham Crusades in, 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 in whatever year that was, 1958. Uh, I was, I must have been five or six. I remember coming home from that and standing in the backyard and building a stage and putting up a sprinkler as a microphone, starting to preach to the chooks. <laughs> Those chooks laid eggs like you wouldn't believe after that. <laughs> but that, you know, that's all a childhood memory, but entwined in all that was a, a, a very profound sense of God's presence coming upon a young boy. And a household that was hungry for God and where the life and the spirit wasn't just a theory. It was an experience. And I I don't want this church to just theorize about the presence of God, but that it might experience his presence and power here Sunday by Sunday. Tonight, that we might just... Create a nurturing environment that can allow you to move forward uh, as a team and as a church and in the life and the spirit. It's, it's, there's so much more for all of us, for all of our churches. You know, we often cry out for revival and we think it's going to somehow happen. Revival begins in you and I. It's as we align ourselves to the life and the spirit that suddenly that power that's within us starts to outwork itself through us. I remember my pastor Leo Harris used to say that revival is in the heartbeat of every local church. And it is. It's in the heartbeat of this church because the Holy Spirit's in this church. And if enough of us align and start to keep in step with the Spirit and allow that comfort to be there with us, what what can church look like Sunday by Sunday? It's not going to turn into some freaky weirdness. It's going to turn into an intimate warmth and a place where people just come and their hearts are transformed by the power of the Spirit. So communication with God can be just mind-level reasoning. And look, you know, I'm very thankful for my university years and for all that I learned about the things of God in my intellectual pursuit of God. But I'm so thankful as well that it's also a hard experience and that it came in the environment of all that was what I've just outlined to you that started as a young boy and, and happened through my teens and into my 20s as, as I grew as a man, not just of the mind but of the heart. I'm thankful that our movement encourages both mind and heart development. Not all Pentecostalism was like that in its beginnings. In fact, I remember when I started to go to university, I had some people come up to me and tell me that I was doing the wrong thing because I was pursuing an intellectual orientation to my life, which was just so bizarre and stupid as you think about it now. But that's where, because there was such a reaction against intellectualism and they'd experienced the presence and power of God, they just wanted that, 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 that. (laughs) We're intended to have both. The mind and the spirit. I always just a little aside, I always loved the way the, the nativity story unfolded. You know, coming to the feet of Jesus to worship him as the king were three wise men who came by their intellect and shepherds who came by just this out of the, the, the symphony of angels, this amazing supernatural experience. But they both ended up at the same spot. Worshipping God. God uses our mind and the intellect, but he also, and for many of us, the challenge is not that, the challenge is opening up our spirit because we have been so conditioned and trained by our education and by our culture to use our intellect that we negate our spirit. And what our, our commitment as a church is about is to help you nurture your spiritual life and heart, that heart level where you don't just reason but you experience. I don't have time to fulfil or study this properly and fully with you, but the scripture talks about two experiences 
that which is being born of the Spirit, which is the moment when you become converted, the moment where you're filled uh, with a well that comes and alive to God. And, uh, you know, just something happens and, and that which was atrophied and off to the side here comes to life. But Jesus went on to talk as well about another level where a river of living water would flow. And that there were, in a sense, two experiences. If you look at the early disciples, were they Christians? Who are they? Certainly were. At many levels, you could, you could establish that God's spirit was in them and alive. They were alive to God. In fact, Jesus even laid his hands upon them and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And yet they had to wait in Jerusalem, tarry for power from on high, for this river of living water that would take it from just the sense of a well where you draw up by human effort and experience to something that just gushes out. John 4, it says, And whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. And he spoke these words to the woman at the well. He says, there's there's a spiritual life you can get. I can cause you to come alive to God. And she just was blown away that as a Samaritan woman, she could experience that too. But then he goes on to say in John 7, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me. And he was talking there of a a follow-on experience and something that we as a church would encourage you towards, that there's more to knowing Jesus than just knowing Jesus. It's being filled with the Holy Spirit and gaining an impartation of his Spirit into your life and world uh, that I'd love to pray for over with you uh, At the end of this service, Paul put it like this. Don't drink too much wine. We live in a nice wine region up here, but don't drink too much natural wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God. Huge draughts of him. More of you, God. Guzzle, guzzle, guzzle. Be filled with the Spirit. This morning, uh, service is about to end, but I don't want it to necessarily end for you. You can come out the front and I'd love to pray with you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Or maybe a bit like my computer. You just realise the battery's been running flat. And at any moment you could just tip over into the no action level. Build up the reserve. Build up the charge. Be filled with the spirit. (coughs) I'd love to pray with you. And certainly tonight we'll have lots of time for it as well. So I encourage you to come back. But I'd like to give some other words to a few people. To this guy sitting here in the black t-shirt would you come at the front afterwards i'd love to i'd love to give a word to you because i don't have time to do it right now but i'd love to do it to you and also to this i feel like i've got lots of words for guys today but for this man as well rng yeah <laughs> to the to the lady sitting there with also mustardy sort of top on just, yeah, you pointed to her. Have you got her? Would you come out the front? I'd love to give a word to you as well. And to um, the guy sitting right in the back, yeah, would you come? I'd love to pray for you as well and give a word to you. Father, just allow the Holy Spirit to just come upon us as a church, to be filled with the Spirit. So much more of you, God. We need you. We need to be filled with your spirit. If you feel God's been talking to you about your infilling, or maybe you've never received that second sense of the rivers of living water flowing through your life and world, well, come. I'd love to pray with you. 
Join those who I'm going to give specific words to, but I'd love to just pray for you that God would fill you with his Holy Spirit this morning. It can happen in just a moment. Maybe the rivers run dry. At the moment, there's a whole heap of flood warnings out in the eastern states, particularly for the rivers are bursting their banks. And some of the rivers have been running pretty dry in previous years. It's a picture, really, in a sense of where so many of our lives are at. God would want to burst our banks, and yet we've been running on a trickle when there's so much more. Holy Spirit, just come. Fill this church. Fill us tonight as we meet together. Fill the experience of this congregation with more of the life of the Spirit, I pray, in Jesus' name. Bless them, Father. Encourage them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I don't know how things wrap up here. Do we have a song to close off? Um, Yeah, but look, listen, I've pointed out some of you. Would you come and sit down the front here with me? And uh, I'll just share with you. And Carol, did you, would you like to join me? And you can write down some scriptures if you're going to do it. And uh, if you can give those words out to the people that I've already given some to, that would be great. Thank you for, for letting me share with you. I hope you feel encouraged by God. And uh, look forward to seeing many of you here tonight. Um, I realise Sunday nights is not always the most easy time, but Terry, Terry, 10 days wouldn't have been an easy time. But if you're hungry for God, come tonight. Look forward to seeing what God will do in that context as well. Thanks, Sam, for the invitation. God bless you. So we've got an opportunity now, just as we sing this last song, might have been something that Hans shared. It might be something that the Lord's really speaking to your heart about. Uh, there's an opportunity even to come out the front if you want to. Uh, you might be seeking that feeling of the Spirit um, to happen this morning. I just want to open that up uh, as we gather together. So you join me as we stand and as we sing. I just encourage you to open up your hearts to the Spirit this morning. Lord, as we sing now, just pray that you'd move upon your people. Uh, Lord, if there's a, a need, if there's a longing, a hungering, Lord, that you'd feel that just come and make your presence known. Lord, that people would experience you. thank you for your precious blood that was given for us. Lord, that we can come fully uh, into your presence without worry, uh, knowing that you have made a way, that your arms are open wide, ready to receive us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, I feel like we've had a seven-course dinner <laughs> this morning, and there's plenty more to come. Uh, just a, a reminder, uh, if you're feeling that tug uh, in your heart for tonight, uh, there might be a, a couple of you, like with kids at home, maybe do rock, paper, scissors to see who comes. Uh, but there, there is an opportunity for more uh, this morning. But uh, as Hans uh, started this morning, he said a word, he wanted to demythalatize. Is that actually a word? I don't know. But I really feel like that's a word for many of you this morning, uh, that there needs to be a, uh, a normalising of the things of the Spirit. That is a very normal, natural thing that God has for you and has for your life. 
and to not to, to to get rid of this this idea that it's it's out there and and funny, but it's 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 a normal everyday experience for every single one of us, and that's what he wants to do tonight for you. So come uh, to experience more of him. Bless you all. Uh, feel free to continue to, to pray for one another, have a word. Uh, if you are watching this online, there's going to be a slide coming up in a moment with a phone number. If you have any prayer needs and you'd like our prayer team to be praying for you, even to give you a call, uh, feel free to use that number for our prayer team to get in touch with you uh, to pray for certain needs. Uh, but friends, if you want to continue uh, in the ministry that's happening now, we've got a upper room, a tarry room there <laughs> uh, for, a, for a prayer prayer team to just get, get alongside you and to continue to pray for you. Lord bless you, and I hope to see you again tonight. Thanks.